Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. And for the next hour, I will captivate your minds, your souls, and many of your hearts. Yeah, this is going to be a real cathartic show. So, Darren Pang is going to be with us here at 1015. Now, he doesn't know it, but I am going to ask him about this match that the five of us on TMA are scheduled to have against... St. Louisan, U.S. Open uh, golfer, made the cut this year, Chris Nagel. And uh, and he played on a number of uh, PGA events this year. Monday qualified like the Dickens is what he did. And we're playing at his home course. We're playing him from the tips, five against one, best ball. Nagel's like a plus seven handicap. And I'm curious where Panger's going to come down. Where do you think? What do you think he's going to say? Uh, I think he's going to say that Nagel has the advantage based on the tips and the home course advantage. But I think he's going to be disappointed if, if us with five shots don't keep it close. Huh. Like this match should end on 18. Really? Yeah, I think so. All right. Jackson's the most confident member of the uh, of the dais, for the record. Right, and that could I be. I think he's going to say, well, you boys have no chance. That's what I think he's going to say. There's a good chance that that is the case. But, listen, if we get nine greens in regulation, if we get nine putts for birdie, with five shots each at it, we're gonna we're gonna take it to eighteen. We don't care about golf, douche. That's from the six three six. You got it. <laughs> Is that, hold on a second. I noticed. Had you talked to like a therapist about how to handle the the one one ESPN text inbox? Because that seemed like that you had that thing ready to go, right when the first one came in, and the, and your response was so. You were emotionless. You got it. Yeah. You know I, I've. I really looked at myself in the mirror this morning, and I said, mm-hmm. "I'm not going to let the the people get to me." Well, now they feel like they've been challenged, and they're going to do everything they can to get to you. And I hear that, and maybe I respect not, it. Maybe leave Tyler Hero out of the Sports Center update. That could help. No, it'll be all Vic Wabanyama. But uh, I think that you know, I just I looked in the mirror today, and I said, "You know what? You're you're good people, Jackson. Why don't you just you know let that just go right off your shoulder? It's not going to hurt you." All right. Well. We'll see how it plays out over the next 55 minutes. Uh, Darren Pang at 10:15. Jackson, we now know the Cardinals are playing the Philadelphia Phillies. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Phillies rotation of Wheeler, Nola, Suarez. The Cardinals and the game times still cryptic as the day is long. Yeah, boy, is it ever. Uh, make your predictions on both now. Uh, I will say, first of all, Michael starts game one. And I think it'll be the 1 p.m. first pitch for the Cardinals. Okay. I think it's going to be 
Get an afternoon game. Sunny day. A little chill in the air. Yeah. You know, highs in the low 60s, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Mid-60s. Uh, maybe the Hawk will be up, wind blowing out at Bush Stadium. I don't know. Yeah. Some guys will wear long sleeves. Others won't. It'll oh. be kind of like that, like, picturesque fall baseball. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the card rotation, please. You said Michaelis. Michaelis. Quintana in game two. And if there's a need for game three... It will be Jordan Montgomery, but the first sign of trouble, Jack Flaherty will probably get the call. I think I agree with that, but reading Derek Gould's coverage in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch this morning, I got the sense that the Flaherty start is more likely than I gave it credit for initially. Yeah, and as I said that, I was thinking, well, Flaherty probably would benefit more from having a longer warm-up to get right, and then Montgomery could probably get up a little quicker and come in if necessary. Rather than the opposite, because Flaherty might take a little longer to get warm with that shoulder. But remember why the Yankees traded Jordan Montgomery. They said he wasn't going to be in the postseason rotation. For whatever reason, he has a tough time warming up in the middle of games quickly enough. Yeah, well, I mean, that guy's they both suffer from that. So that's uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Does that mean Flaherty gets the start and Montgomery gets a start? Not Quintana. Quintana's been the best pitcher in the month of September. I think you'd have to. It'd be re- I, I would be very surprised if Quintana didn't get a start. Uh, if they win three games, if it's just two games, then right now you have to pick who wins the National League pennant. Go! I don't have time for you to do the thing where should I say Cardinals or not because they're going to hate me. They don't like you anyway, so save it. Who's wins the National League? Dodgers. Why? That's God. I can I can I bet that? I don't feel confident. The, the NL is so stacked that like I don't I, I don't have confidence in truly anybody. Like I think it's so up for grabs, and so Dodgers have just been the best team. So my default answer do i really believe in it more so than i do any other team but not much dodgers and braves you're taking the dodgers even with the pitching situation in los braves angeles red hot so now you're gonna argue with yourself that's what i've just set up here you arguing with yourself whoever comes out of the nl is gonna have to earn it pack a lunch if yeah. the cardinals were to do it that means they are going to get through the phillies then the braves then one of the dodgers mets or padres i mean that is yeah. I have been enjoying Cardinal playoff baseball since 1982, and without question, if they were to do this, this would be the most difficult test of a National League pennant. And I realize, I recognize it. I'll you can just halt the text, just delete the text, and, and focus on Jackson Sports Center update. That there is an extra round, so logic would dictate. But as far as the caliber of teams they would have to get through and the caliber of starting pitching they right. would have to get through. That's the biggest thing. Holy moly, cockatoli. Yeah. You I mean, you'd basically be facing the top at one point you'd be t- facing each of the top five guys in the NL Cy Young race. Like that is that's crazy. Uh, Alcantara is probably not yeah, going to be Alcantara. making an appearance. If so, there's gonna be some people protesting like, his availability. For the five, but you you could get freed. You could get like Musgrove and Snell. Oh my God! You could get Scherzer, Degrom. I mean, jeez. Uh, my value play is the Padres. If I had to bet, I would pick the Braves. My hmm. value play the Padres, but if I had to pick, it's the Braves. Is that because they're so hot coming into the playoffs? I think the thing with the Braves is that people don't realize how great their rotation is because they are not household names. And I think that frames not only predictions, but it also frames Las Vegas odds when it comes to gambling. And then just understandable for the the casual fan, if you start rattling off the rotations, which one's going to be the most impressive? 
it's either going to be the Dodgers, even though they have health questions there, mm-hmm. or the obvious one, when you, anytime you can go, well, Scherzer and DeGrom, right. that's yeah. where it's going to be. Yeah. But when it comes to the Atlanta Braves, yes, nobody's played be- better in the game, even though they wind up with the highest win total um, than the Atlanta Braves, since I think it's either July 1st or June 1st. Wow. And they just, but hey, and I'm telling you, by the way, it doesn't, this doesn't mean a, a damn thing. But for those of you who recall when the Cardinals and Braves played in the last weekend in August, that felt like playoff baseball. Yes. Not just the crowd. The crowd certainly felt like playoff baseball when the Yankees came here after the trade deadline. But that series against the Braves, as far as the way the games are played, that looks like if it were to happen, and the Cardinals are two wins away from from doing it against the Phillies. The Cardinals and Braves in an NLDS, just like we had what was up until Game 5, great for Cardinals fans, but it was a classic NLDS. That was a hell of a series when the Cardinals and Braves played in 2019 before what was a rather lackluster NLCS against the Washington Nationals. But yeah, and I take a look at what they have with the Braves pitching, I mean... God, it's like which direction do they they go with their rotation? And by the way, they'll be able to order them. But when you're taking a look at uh, Freed and Strider and Wright uh, and Charlie Morton, I mean, it's just yeah, it's sick. It's it's something else. And Charlie Morton's like the third or fourth name you mention. It's something else. Yeah. But 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 how? But those guys aren't household names. Yeah, outside you know of Freed, and even Freed is like if you were to like ask a casual baseball fan top 10 pitchers in baseball. I don't know if Max Freed makes it on there. So, yeah, they, they have an under-the-radar team, and they're red hot. Kenley Jansen with 41 saves this year. Yeah. Mentor's legit as far as a middle relief guy. It's just it's stacked, and we haven't even gotten into uh, the offense. But, yeah, that's 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 why that's where my action would be. That makes sense. And, and they did it, and the, they won the NL East, which is certainly the most competitive of all three uh, divisions. In the National League, certainly. Yeah. And AL, too. AL East has three uh, playoff teams as well. Right, but I think if you were to line up the NL East and the AL East, I think most people would have said the AL East was better. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Just the race. But maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I I mean, and then the lineup is legit too, but it's just not, they're not necessarily like Austin Riley's sick, but I don't think he's a household name yet. I think you have a bunch of guys on that team that are on the verge. Right. But they haven't necessarily gotten to the point of recognizability that many of the other teams in the mix, including the Cardinals, by the way. Right. Uh, have as far as when, whether you want to talk about you know the the MVP candidates the Albert Pujols element whatever you would want to go with, um, but the Braves would be if I got a bet I'm not going to but if I got a bet that's where I would go as far as a long shot odd and I got them at plus sixteen hundred I think to win the National League it's the Padres yeah not because I think they'll win but because I thought they're better than a sixteen to one chance this will be certainly one of the more fun especially in the National League playoff I mean there's gonna be some games that you just sit down and watch and are gonna be like if it's Dodgers and Mets in the NLCS, that's what it could be. I mean, and, and even if it's not, then it's Dodgers and Padres. Yeah, and that's a, become a nice little rivalry. I mean, you can't go wrong there. Right. It is. It, it truly is setting up. I'm anxious to see how. Here's what I'm really anxious to see about this baseball postseason. And I know I got a break because we got a pang. And uh, the guy uh, who's mad at you does not want to hear about our match against Chris Chris Nagel. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. Man, boy, you are just shaking it off. We'll see how long it holds. You're like. You're like Billy D. Williams cool in here today. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been compared you've, to you've him been before. before. I remember oh, yeah. that. I do mm-hmm. remember those comparisons. I'm anxious to see how the teams that get the buys do. Because oh, the reward yeah. for, for being the one and two seed in each league is that you get to rest up for five, six days. Right. 
I would imagine the NLDS and ALDSs will start Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, I figure Tuesday. Um, okay, fine. Well, let's see how, you know, the Detroit Tigers in 2006 would tell you that week off didn't help. No, it did not. And I recall talking with Andy Van Slyke, who was their first base coach, and going, yeah, that killed us. Yeah. They had a week off. So we've seen it play out in the Stanley Cup playoffs, too, when teams sit around too right. long. So keep an eye on that. Um, that's something that I'm looking forward to watching. But as far as the National League in particular, you can't go wrong seriously yeah. with the matchups. So uh, I am looking forward to it now that the field is set. We will continue to talk about it. Darren Pang is going to join us next. Uh, any of your questions for him, 65780. You can also send in your insults to us, 65780, Air Comfort Service text line. You can leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to talk Blues hockey with Darren Pang. Holy jump and what a save. Refreshed by Urban Chestnut Brewing Company and their Urban Underdog Lager. Roast. Boom. Welcome back to Spoon Party 101 ESPN. It is our pleasure to welcome to the program the great Darren Pang. Panger, good morning. <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you. And every time I hear that urban urban underdog prost, I just honestly I feel like cracking one open, but I can't today. You I'm do, in New York. I've got I got a game tonight on TNT, but otherwise I'd love to have one right about now. Yeah, to set, to set the morning off right, I think. You take the edge off. There's no edge for me. <laughs> <laughs> Your questions for Darren Panger. Welcome at 65780. A uh, couple of things I want to make sure we uh, we start off with here. The Blues getting the bad news yesterday regarding Scott Perunovich. Super unfortunate both for the team, of course, but then also for uh, Perunovich that uh, this is now going to keep him out at least six months with uh, surgery. When you were with us last week, Panger, we talked about it and, and talked about how he has gotten the label of being injury prone even though going into his time uh with the blues he really hadn't been injury prone in his hockey career but now uh this injury is going to keep him out most likely for the vast majority if not all of the 2022-2023 campaign Uh, what are your thoughts on the situation with Prunovich and then what the blues may do because of it yeah you know Tim I, I I feel I feel sick to my stomach for the kid you know that that first and foremost I mean I think during during the time that we talk about sports, we talk about athletes, we just kind of roll over injuries. You know, he's, oh, boy, tough luck. The guy blew a, a, an ACL out. He's, he's done for a year. Oh, tough luck. The guy blew out a shoulder. He's done. And that's how we say it. We, But, you know, what I think of with, with Prunovich is the work that he's put into, how he came into the lineup last year and performed admirably under incredible circumstances with Tory Krug being injured. And we saw something about this kid that made him that second-round draft pick, that made – I, I, re- I recall on the amateur side, Keith Kachuk really going to bat for him, really watching him during his college days. And, and at one point, they thought of taking him in the first round. And, and so I can see why exactly why they spoke and thought highly of him. And so to see this happen so early in the season and to see him go down um, after all the work he's put in, just honestly it makes me sick to my stomach for him. And uh, obviously the, the Blues are going to – they'll find a way. You know, they've, they've got another guy that's – Obviously, is a highly paid veteran guy in Tory Krug. They're both smaller left-hand shots, and and so you know Tory somehow at a smaller size, he manages to stay away from these injuries. He's a, you know, he's a maybe maybe doesn't put himself in the same spots. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, but anyway, getting back to it, Prunovich's injury. I know there's some guys out there that are still um, on PTOs around the NHL. Tim, um, they're in training camps. 
but they haven't been signed yet. And I think that's what a guy like Doug Armstrong looks at in his staff. Okay, which guys do we like? Are there six are there six defensemen out there in the NHL on PTOs right now that haven't been signed? And and you know, let's just let's really watch them carefully. So he sends his pro scouts out and he says, Okay, we've got Perunoviches out. We might need to maybe shore up even though he's a left hand shot, he often played the right side. Um, maybe we want to shore up the right side to make sure we've got depth there. So it, it just I don't think time is of the essence to add anything to this roster because I think they've got enough depth. But as you look at the rosters getting finalized, I think that's when you can really go down the list of some of the veteran guys and say, do we like this guy enough to offer him a one-year deal? Mm -hmm. Um, And if that's the case, Tim, then it wouldn't surprise me on opening night or a week later or what, what have you. That, that Doug Armstrong has added a little bit to the to the cupboard on the on the on the blue line to make sure that he doesn't run into any troubles with any other injuries. Darren Pang with us here every Wednesday on Balloon Party, uh, and we welcome you to send in your text at six five seven eight zero. Presented by Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, the Blues, granted, it's it's preseason, so you you take it with a grain of salt, and that's what Jeremy Rutherford was tweeting last night. But uh, Jake Neighbors. Uh, was looking really good last night, he said, and obviously this is a big preseason for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Neighbors and what he has done so far and his uh, potential this year? Well, I, I would say he's making it very difficult for the management and the coaching staff to, to send him down to the American Hockey League. Um, you know, what you can ask for a player is to show up and be stronger than you were last year, be more alert in drills and the uh, details of the game, even than you were last year. Um, he's coming off a great major junior year where they went to the Memorial Cup. And I know because I was on a team that went to the Memorial Cup, and that's a long season, and that really prepares you for this year. He could have played the World Junior, um, but he, he wanted to take care of that shoulder injury that he had, so he came here to St. Louis. I mean, the kid has done everything right, and there's, you know, I mean, it's no surprise that, that his uh, mentor is, is – um, is Braden Shen because you can see a lot of his game and you can see a lot of the, the things that Braden does game in and game out that Jake Neighbors has taken from him. So bottom line is he's making it difficult to decide. Um, I guess at the end of the day, would it hurt him to start out in the American Hockey League, even if it's for a couple of months? No, it wouldn't hurt him whatsoever. Um, um, so, But at this particular point, um, very, very good camp. Um, serviceable Tim he, he can do it all he's like you on the on the radio side I mean he can do it all nice. you know very nice Jackson Seri- could you clip that you off know, and serious. just send it to me yeah yeah, yeah just <laughs> Jackson make sure you put that I mean you want you want a you want a funny guy you, you got it Tim you want a serious guy you got it you nice. want Walter Cronkite you got that thank okay? you you want a bad golfer you got that whoa, I mean, you got whoa, everything. whoa, whoa what happened right there right I at the end it. I caught something I dumped it thank you we dumped out of that we felt like that might have been an FCC situation we just, so we caught that before <laughs> before it got uh, uh we're getting a bunch of texts including panger is the best which I'm still reading because of that unfortunate <laughs> comment right there at the end uh we also we also have this one hey panger with losing Perron's one-timer from the half wall on the power play do you see someone like Thomas or Cairo taking those shots now or having a different approach altogether to generate those high scoring chances that comes from Phil and he is in Swansea. Well, number one, you, you, on that side, I like the way David Perron, he, he, did, he did a lot of great work with that power play. I, I mean, off the ice and the way he thinks the game and the way the, the power play sort of did, it went through that side of the ice. And every time the other team wanted to pay so much attention to that side of the ice, then they found Tarasenko, who's a left-hand shot on, on the opposite side. So can the Blues get Jordan Cairo to fire the puck from that side? I mean, he, he's the right-hand shot. He's got a very good shot. It's not the same as David Perron. 
Um, but, you know, David Prawn went through stages of his career as well. When he had to, I remember when he had to tweak a stick, the length of it, the, 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 basically the flex of it, the curve of it. And not until he went to, for me, when he went to Vegas, he really figured things out. So what I'm saying is if it doesn't work early for, for Jordan Cairo, it doesn't mean it's not going to work at all. But uh, I would say Robert Thomas is more of the distributor, but I still like him on that side as well, being on the half boards because he can make a play through the seams. Um, you have Bushnevich that, you know, likes, well, he can go anywhere, but he's a left-hand shot, so it doesn't work out for a one-timer. So I would say the one player for me that would slide in there would, would be would certainly be Jordan Cairo. Uh, for Panger from the 636, uh, how has our backup goalie looked? I'm not sold on the goalie situation. That is from the 636. Of course, a new netminder this year uh, with Huso gone, Thomas Grice in there. Uh, what are you seeing slash hearing on him in the early going? Well, Thomas Grice is an absolute pro. So I, I know there's probably some concerns because if you look at numbers last year and the year before are aberrations. I mean, he went to Detroit signed a two-year deal. Um, they didn't have much of a defensive system. You know, they're a team that's on the rise, but it's not even close to being, you know, in the system of the, of the St. Louis Blues or before that with the New York Islanders that played really, really tight. So I, I would have to say, don't worry about Thomas Grice. He's an unbelievable guy. He, I think he's going to also um, put some ease to, to, to Jordan Binnington. You know, I, I remember in my time being with a goaltender that was of my age, and you're both battling for the locker room. You're both battling for the, you know, playing time. And there's a true competition going on with, and that was Huso and, and with Jordan Binnington. And, you know, there was times where Huso won that over, whether it was on the ice, in the locker room, whatever it might be, personality-wise. And, and then there's times where Binnington won it over. Well, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a, a great setup for both because Grace knows his seat on the bus. And he's a quiet, true pro that just works hard. And he knows... He knows when it's his time to, to step up a little bit, and he knows when it's time to pat the, pat Bennington on the butt. Um, and by the way, because we're with Urban Chestnut and they've got the Oktoberfest in the Grove, I'll talk about that a little later on, we should send Thomas Grice there, oh, a German guy. Wow. I mean, how does it not work that we send a goalie and uh, over there to Oktoberfest? Anyway, that's another story. That another time like we'll get into that idea, later though. on. That sounds like a perfect yeah. idea. Uh, Panger, I want to get your opinion on the Blues announcing the St. Louis Blues Hall of Fame. I think it's a wonderful idea. Awesome. Uh, Chris Kerber was saying that it was something that they uh, had been talking about doing, and COVID put a little bit of a delay on. But uh, I'm super excited about it, and I think it's a wonderful idea. As the Blues community has such a connection with, with former players here. Uh, your thoughts on the St. Louis Blues and the new St. Louis Blues Hall of Fame? I, think it's fan- I do think it's fantastic as well. And I, I said the other day that in my tenure as a broadcaster – of the players that were on the ice for, with me in, in so far in my 14 years. I mean, my, my votes are two guys that are, that are truly um, speak the game, you know, the way the Blues want it spoken, and that's Alexander Steen and, and Barrett Jackman. Um, and, and also another guy that I've been involved with that I hope he gets some love in here, um, and, and you know him real well. I mean, running the alumni, being with the organization for over 30 years, um, still in the front office, and that's Bruce Affleck. Yeah. I don't think he gets nearly enough love for all he's done. And the Hall of Fame certainly is everything. It's character. It's, it's, it's building. It's what you've done in the community. It's being a player for a long period of time. And uh, I think old number four deserves a, deserves a nod to, to, if not right now, 
but he deserves not to get into that Hall of Fame for sure. Longtime ambassador for the Blues. Mm-hmm. You're, you're exactly right. All right, final question, and this comes from uh, Tim in South St. Louis. Uh, Panger, uh, <laughs> me, uh, Jackson, Doug Vaughn, Kenneth Iggy Strode, and Darren the Plowhawk Atkins are scheduled to take on Chris Nagel. Uh, the five of us against him. Uh, we will be scrambling <laughs> against his ball at Meadowbrook. Uh, the date, Ooh. this, the, and we'll all be playing the tips. Uh, it'll be match play. Uh, we wanted your analysis on this as to uh, the likelihood of us shocking the world and defeating Chris Nagel. Well, well, number one, Todd's the bartender at Meadowbrook, and uh, he's a tall, bald guy. And you might as well just go right from the first tee uh, to the 19th hole. Um, settle in there. He, he actually has Urban Underdog, and he's got Swickle on, on tap. Just, just, just kind of sit there and have a couple of pops and, just, and watch Chris Nagel hit the golf ball because you guys stand no chance in hell of beating him. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Jackson, That's how that. does that make you feel? Jackson said he thought you would, would give us some encouraging words, and I said I think Panger's going to say we have no chance. I mean, we got okay, that I'll, competitive I'll, fire. <laughs> we can have all the fire in the world it, if you don't have the talent. <laughs> Unless you guys are getting two shots a hole from the back tees, and Meadowbrook did it. The restoration that they did was fantastic, and they've added, ooh, they've added some yards, especially on 18 to the, that back tee, and 16's already a bear. So unless you guys are getting two shots a hole at those ones there, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say this because I'm a really positive guy, but I'm, I, listen, I was at the club the other day, and all the boys were coming, and I was playing afterwards, and Chris Nagel shot 62 with the guys and lost money. That's that's what he told. I talked to I talked to him that night, Panger, and he told me I shot yeah. 62 and I lost 40 bucks. I got to find a different game. <laughs> well, I think he just found it with you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. This will make him feel better. <laughs> well, the course. Hey, listen, the course is in phenomenal shape. Phenomenal shape. So uh, I think it's if it's not known as a hidden gem, I certainly believe it is. It's a great golf course in the, in, in the area. It is phenomenal, and we're looking forward to absolutely destroying it. Uh, so that will be uh, that will be sometime <laughs> in the next week or two. Panger, we are uh, always grateful for your time. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. It's it's always my pleasure, especially when Jackson chimes in a little bit. Okay, <laughs> my man. There Thank you, Panger. See? Thanks, Panger. Okay, bud. Uh, Darren Pang with us here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. He is with us every Wednesday on Balloon Party. When we come back, we will take a look at some of the numbers for both the National League and the American League playoffs when it comes to wagering and favorites. There is a bracket. I mean, there is a bracket. You have an office pool if you want, Jackson. Can't wait. All right. Well, that's what we're going to talk about on the other side of the commercial break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I didn't just get it updated on Victor Webinya and Victor Scooter Henderson, did I? Scoot Henderson, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, Vic Wobbing. I mean, he is he had 37 points, Tim. He had seven three-pointers, and he's seven foot five. I mean, this guy is gonna be unbelievable. Do you think you've engaged the 101 ESPN ESPN audience with that? I don't know. You know, there's such a big like European influx in the NBA. I mean, the top three MVP candidates the last couple of years have been Giannis from Greece, Joel Embiid. I so guess the Cardinals were last night, and uh, Jackson, they will take on the Phillies. Did I cut you? I feel like I cut you off. Well, no, I actually 
went over a flub because Joel Embiid's from Cameroon and not from Europe. So, so I helped you out by big. Yeah, that's really. I'm I'm really thankful for ad, that. Was an admirable gesture on my part. All right, fill out your bracket. First off, do we have times yet? No. The game start in 48 hours. Yeah, your your complaint is is just. It's justified. How do we not know when the ball club is taking the field? Uh, I think we we have. Uh, I think I can get someone on to answer us answer that question for us. Oh wow! I didn't yeah. know we had like sources on this show. You know, I'm gonna try. But... I just scroll through dog avatars on Twitter and say, "Well, people are saying." Well, those are my sources, so I guess. Oh, okay. We're pulling out of luck. All right. So the first matchup would be Phillies Cardinals. Yep. Give me the Cardinals in three. Cardinals in three. Oh, we're going to have a Jim Dandy. Yeah, I think they win game one. I think Nola gets them in, on Saturday. And then Sunday, you get like an awesome, possibly walk-off. Maybe a Yachty walk-off. Oh, my. Wow. Maybe a Yachty Look at walk-off. You. Boy, you're giving the people what they want. You're giving the people red meat. I'm trying. Wow. You know I'm trying. You're trying to win them back over. Yeah. Well, that's unsuccessful. Uh, Mets Padres. The Mets are, are suckers for pain. So I'll take the Padres in three. You think it's Padre season? I mean, Juan Soto pays dividends in October. Yeah, and just the, like he did in 2019. Uh, and the anger in Queens is going to be unbelievable. All right. Uh, do you want to go, and then we'll switch it off, or should I go the whole way through? We can tend to these American League situations that don't really titillate the audience. Okay, uh, I will go. Then the Cardinals will play the Braves, if I'm not mistaken. If they beat oh, the so we're, we're, we are sticking in the senior circuit. Uh, so yes, it would be the Cardinals and Braves. You're correct. Uh boy. This is where Jackson decides whether or not to upset the audience. That's the inner monologue that's going on, just so people know. Yeah, and I'm going to. I'm going to say the Braves get in six. Wow, six, five, seven, eight, zero. Well, that'll be interesting since it's a five-game series. Oh, but that's right. That's it'll right. It'll be historical. That's right. That's right. Oh, writers laughing at me. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, this the new format's really messing with my head. Uh, but they didn't change the NLDS. No, but they. Yeah, I'm just. I, in my mind, the NLDS will be played Friday. Jackson's voice currently just trailing off it's in right. defeat. You know, we bounce back. I bounce back from that Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid thing, so I can do anything. Uh, so you picked the Braves. Now you picked them in six. In four. Now they now they win it in four. Braves in Some four. Some new information came across. Yeah, the graphic changed over my right shoulder. All right. Uh, and then we've then at this point, then that means the Padres are taking on the Dodgers in that Southern California uh, coastal elitist, which is why you like it, yes. uh, matchup. I'll take... The Dodgers in five. Wow. Yeah, Dodgers in five. But they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna have to work for it. So then you got go Braves, Dodgers, Dodgers in seven. I'm telling you, I'm selling stock on the Dodgers. All right. I'm selling stock on the Dodgers. I don't. Hey, I don't blame you. I'm selling stock on the Dodgers. Just want it on the record. I'm selling stock on the Dodgers. All right, your senior circuit. Uh, I will take the Cardinals in three. All right. And I will take the Padres in three. I will take the Braves in four. I will take the Padres in four. And I will take the Braves in six. Nice. All right, so we're pretty much, we're parking a similar garage. Yeah. Not all the way there, but I think we, the wild card matchups were certainly on the same page. And just there. for the record, because I've been doing this at what you call and many in this audience, not necessarily on HD2, but on HD1 at a Hall of Fame level, really for the entire 21st century, I am well-versed in the monster upside of picking against 
the local team. Oh, it's so shrewd to do. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I don't give a damn. I'm going to give the people my honest opinion, and that's what I think. Honesty in media. So yeah, let the hate pile up. Yeah, that's well, fine. Let the hate flow through you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go to the junior circuit. Yep. Uh, a, Everybody's the, talking Guardians and Rays. Guardians Rays. Is that at the Trop? No. Okay. Oh, thank the God. Guardians won the American League Central. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, not much better over there. But um, I'll say give me the Rays in three. Okay. And then we go Blue Jays Mariners mm-hmm. in Toronto. Give me Blue Jays in two, even though I love the Mariners. I think the Mariners are kind of a sneaky deal, too, but I, I, I'll i be intrigued to just see whoever wins that series yeah. and, and how they perform. Um, all right. Yanks, Yanks and uh, Yanks and Rays, little AL East matchup. I'll take the Yanks in four. You believe they have restored the glory to the pinstripes after the July and August mess. Yeah, yeah, I just think they have just too much star power. All right. So, so Yankees. Yankees are in the ALCS, maybe saving people's jobs. And who will they be playing? The Astros or the Blue Jays? Go. Uh, Astros in three. I think the Astros clean sweep the Jays. Okay. Well. And now we got Yanks and Strohs. Give me the Strohs in seven. So you're going Astros and Dodgers. Astros and Dodgers. Those teams enjoy each other's company. They sure do. And I, I, yeah, a, I like that matchup. I like that. I think it's a fun matchup. I prefer Padres. And Yankees, probably. I think that would be like the most fun series to watch. I, I, you I enjoy prefer the 1998 rematch. Yeah, I prefer Cardinals, Yankees. Oh, I want honest. that so bad. If we're being honest, that's what I would really, really like to see. But if we're going, if I had to put money down, I'm going to say Astros and I'm going to say Dodgers. I'll go Rays over the Guardians, Mariners over the Blue Jays, uh, Yankees over the Rays, and I'll go with a. Well, here's my upset special. Do with it what you want. Mariners over the Astros. Wow, I like it. I like it a lot. No, it's fun to be bold, isn't it? It's absolutely. Seattle, the Mariners are America's team this year. And then we will see the Yankees and Braves play in the World Series, just like we did in what year? Go. I got. I got three seconds. Two thousand. Not a bad guess. That was Yankees and Mets. Ninety nine. That's correct. That isn't bad. Yeah, that's like Subway me getting like seventy eight. I mean, I got no clue. Yeah, who played in seventy eight? Dodgers and Yankees. Oh, I couldn't tell you that. I can name any every World Series winner from two thousand to now, and probably every NBA Finals winner ever. No, actually, I, well, no, but uh, I could I could get you most of WNBA them. though for sure. Couple three, yeah, yeah, just because of the way the spark started. Yeah, I'm a Mercury guy through and through, so. Yeah. Your thoughts on that, 65780. Can't wait to see what that is. I hope Piddles bumps into Patty Maroon in the Meadowbrook locker room and he drops his translucent ass like a sack of potatoes. Watch the MLB Network for a week before you make any more comments. That's from the 314. It'd be an honor to be slapped around by Pat Maroon. I bet he'd be happy to accommodate that. Yeah, that'd be funny. I just have to like walk in and take it, too. I don't think I could put up much of a fight. But I do have that dog in me. That's why I think we can beat Nagel. You, what, what do you think of the way Pang responded to that? Yeah, that's he what said I anticipated. We just bypass the match and go straight to see Tommy over at the bar. That's a you know that's a fine game plan. That's a, that that would probably that would be more conducive to having fun. But I think we, you got to go out there and you got to compete. That's the key. The man shot a sixty-two by himself. What do I look nervous? I mean, come on. <laughs> so we're gonna shoot a sixty-one, which would yeah, by and, the way and, be the course record. And he has Wellington on his bag, who's his guy, so that doesn't <laughs> bode well for us either. Yeah, that that is also accurate. Uh, Tim, uh, your car isn't nice enough to park in Lil Gated Communities' garage. That's from three one four. You're now known as Lil Gated Communities. 
I've never lived in a gated community. I'd be open to it. Um, I've seen many a gated community. They're popular in Florida, but uh, I I could use that nickname. It's a little wordy. Yeah, a lot of syllables in there. I prefer Lil Piddles. Lil Piddles. It's so concise. All right, uh, Aaron Judge hit number 62 last night. I know a lot of people don't know. I know even more people don't (laughs) care. Uh, I want to uh, get some people's thoughts on this. Why don't you care? Right, that's a good call. I really am legitimately curious. I'd enjoy having a little more time to delve into this because I'm kind of, is it because baseball is decreasing in popularity, even though, as you cited on TMA, they have topped their 2019 number for revenue? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it because of the record just being completely destroyed in people's minds because of 1998 and the PEDs, but Jackson, your generation doesn't wasn't around for that and doesn't know about it, right. so where's that? Uh, is it because the cut-ins in the middle of college football <laughs> that seemed rather forced? Uh, 65780, your answers. We'll talk about it. That is coming up next. Then it's BK and Ferrario. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for another eight minutes. Uh, last night in the warehouse in Texas, Aaron Judge became the sixth highest single season home run total person ever with this moment. Thank you. Oh, Jackson just gave me the one second figure. Finger, figure, nurse. Where's the damn audio, Piddles? There's a drive to left, and Aaron Judge has done it. It's a record that no one beyond New York cares about. Aaron Judge, 62. How do you do? Judge hitting 310 after the one hit in game one. There it is. Yep. The cut-ins <laughs> are, are over. Yeah. Long live the cut-ins. This has been, and I and I'm sure I I'm sure I can think of something else. But next to Jackson's NBA slash WNBA Sports Center updates, this has been the most tone-deaf broadcasting delivery I have seen in my career. ESPN force-feeding the cut-ins of Aaron Judge's at-bats for a record that no one beyond New York Yankees fans cares about has truly amazed me. And I know they get together in conference rooms and discuss this thing, and I'm just really surprised that they have this worldview that if it's in New York, everybody else cares. People just don't care about it. Now, my question is... Why is there such a lack of interest versus what we experienced in 1998? And I know you were born in 98, so you can't experience, speak to the experience. But the country was caught up in it. And I'm not saying that because it was St. Louis and McGuire. Uh, it was going on when Griffey was in the mix at one time. Then Greg Vaughn got in the mix. Random name. Uh, and, of course, Sosa and McGuire. And it captivated the country. I think one of the non-performance-enhancing drug elements of this and then also the non-ESPN force-feeding it on people elements of this, is that in 1998, in order to see it, you had to actually have cut-ins. Now, if you wanted to see it... It's pretty accessible. It's pretty accessible. And so, especially in the South with SEC football, oh my, God. my goodness, you couldn't have a worse thing to do 
Yeah, that's 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 not that's really Hold good. On. It's the New York Yankees, <laughs> Yankees, Yankees in the middle of SEC football. You know, I mean, that, you couldn't have a worse case scenario for that. Uh, and so the Cuttins have been just going, wow, this is this is a lack of understanding that few people care about this record. Yeah, it's a shame because it was a magical time in 1998. But it just doesn't carry the same weight. And, I, and it's nothing personal on Aaron Judge. And actually, I have nothing against the New York Yankees at all. If anything, I appreciate the greatness. And I want to see the Yankees play the Cardinals more than anything in the World Series. But if, if Aaron Judge played for the Mariners, I can't imagine we would have had these cut-ins. No, 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 no. I don't think so. And one more thing with the cut-ins that I think really got people upset was, too, is they would take the audio away from the football and go to the baseball call. That, that was never good. But, yeah, I think that the— the Yankee factor is the biggest reason why they're doing cut-ins and it's at the top of ESPN.com and all the other reasons. It's it's certainly New York-centric, and it's just the rest of the nation that just feels this does not care. And part of that is there's a bigger record out there, and you can debate and litigate whether that record is the true record or not, but at the end of the day, that's the thing that's going to move the needle, not beating the AL record of Roger Maris in 1961. Yeah, the way that Michael Kay has to call that is such a weird spot, but right. I know that's the way to create the drama. Now, here's the other thing. Had he been hitting 74 last night as opposed to 62, Way different story. it's a bigger story, but I don't think it would have been even close to as big of a story as it was in 1998 when McGuire hit 62. Um, I also think part of the reason why McGuire in 62 became a huge story nationally is because you had a couple of people who were kind of foils for each other personality-wise, the way McGuire was tight with it. Uh, he really did not enjoy the coverage, didn't enjoy it from spring training. I can speak to that. I walked up to him in Jupiter and asked for an interview, uh, and he wasn't particularly <laughs> enthused about the idea and, right. and, and looked at me as if I asked to buy him a drink at a bar. <laughs> no. And, and why would I? Well, well, talk to you later. Yeah, see ya. I'm like, wow, do I really want to do this with my career? And I chose to proceed. Yeah. And all of you should be grateful. I know I, I am. Thank you. Jackson yeah. just raised his hand. I'm very grateful. Uh, but yeah, if, if maybe if Judge had somebody else, God, but still, I just don't think the record carries that the weight. And even if he would have been hitting 74, I don't think the record would have gotten no. the enthusiasm that the country had in 1998. And the bottom line is the PEDs. It just people just... It's just been ruined. It's yeah. been ruined. It's a natural distrust for power records, especially. And I think that's a good, that's an interesting point. If he had like someone to play off of, like if there was someone chasing him just a couple of home runs back, I think it'd be a little bit more of a story. But the fact that he's doing it on his own with the Yankees aren't playing for much at the moment, like it just doesn't do it. And, the, and you're right. The natural distrust for power records is going to, it, that's a huge factor in why people aren't that interested in it. Pools hitting 700 is greater than Judge hitting 62. Fight me. That's from the 636. I agree with that. I, I, I shall not be fighting you. No, I won't. Um, because I, I share that opinion. Yeah. And I and I honestly, I, if, if this were, I don't know who we would pick because nobody's really close to 700. Um, I don't know. Nelson Cruz isn't a great example. I don't know. Mike Trout, I suppose, sure. even though I know he's not close. And somebody hitting 62, I would say the 700 is a bigger deal. 100%. That's that's where I would be. Now, maybe that changes over the next 10, 15 years if a bunch of guys start hitting 700. But for the time being, I guess the judge thing was a, it was a real big disconnect between the coverage it got on ESPN 
versus the interest of the rest of the country. BK and Ferrari are up next. Time for us to shut it down. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.